Welcome to season two of This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley, brought to you by The Bold Italic. I'm your host, Sunil Rajaraman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Yasha Kekis-Wolf. So we uh, we previously had Amy Anderson on, who uh, who provided one matchmaker's perspective on dating and uh, matchmaking in the Silicon Valley. And then you were like, "What could I do that would be different and big and huge for the podcast?" Naturally, the most important person that we could think of in matchmaking, Patty Stanger, who was uh, from Bravo's Million Dollar Matchmaker, is today's guest. Boy, she has a big personality. She's a character, and I took this interview solo. You know, she's obviously very, very experienced, and she just got right into it. And there are some classic lines from this interview. No punches pulled. Hello? Hey, Patty, it's uh, Sunil calling. How are you? Good, how are you? Uh, I appreciate you taking some, some time to chat with me. Problem. So I was hoping for our listeners who are not as familiar with you and your work that you could just introduce your background briefly in, in your own words and, you know, sort of what your life's been dedicated to for the past couple of decades. I mean, basically, you know, I'm known as the millionaire matchmaker and, and everyone says, oh, you only work with millionaires. But I started out working with thousandaires and averageaires because my mom was a third generation matchmaker back in New Jersey in the time of Mrs. Maisel, if you will, for those fans of Amazon's Mrs. Maisel like me. Um, and it's a great show, by the way, on Amazon, where, you know, you had to fix people up in 1963 who were getting divorced, and divorce was not prevalent at this time, and who are you going to fix people up with? And my grandmother fixed my mother up, and she got married after her first marriage. And then my grandmother became the big, you know, matchmaker in, 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 Short, in Short Hills and South Orange and West Orange for the temple, and then my mom did it. And... I had, like, this knack. I had, like, this intuition. I could do it, too, and I did it for my friends and my family. But then I went to go work for Great Expectations in Florida, and I learned the business, and that was the thousandaire. The average guy made $50,000 a year. He was a firefighter. He was a policeman. You know, he was a teacher. He wasn't wealthy, and I learned the business. When I got to California, it was Hollywood. The streets were paved with gold. Clinton was in office. And who was my favorite client was the hackers. That's right, hackers made me wet. That's right, true story. And uh, the guys were flying in from Silicon down to L.A. There was no Airbnb. They were getting houses in the Hollywood Hills. They had flood pants up to their knees, pocket protectors, plaid shirts. And I was like, dude, you're super cute, but I need to dress you. I need to get you the right car. I need to get you bottle service. I got them laid. I got them paid. They get, went home with their wives, and they were in love. And it was a gold rush. It really it was a great time. I mean, Clinton was awesome. And then um, we kind of leveled off. And now we're having this, this next gold rush. So, um, yeah, that's how it started. I came out here really to get into screenwriting. I went to film school at University of Miami. Never thought I'd be a matchmaker. Never even wanted to go into the family business. And I was really doing it to pay off my credit cards. I had a lot of credit card debt from shopping. I was a shopaholic. And I met Arthur Cohn at Paramount, who's the head of marketing. He was going to give me a job in the business. And he said, you're really good at this matchmaking business. It's going to be a TV show. I said, what are you talking about, TV show? There was no reality television. Behind the Music was a very famous show on VH1 his son had invented. And he said, there's going to be more of these type of shows. You're the next show. 
And I was pretty much, I think, the third show on Bravo, and it took off from there. So that's it. Patty, that's that's a great background for uh, for our listeners. Now, one of the reasons people are so interested in this topic, and I, I, I have um, myself, I have a technology background, and I work for, I've worked for tech companies, and I have a lot of friends using these matchmaking services. And there's it seems to be a lot of people hanging around town claiming to be matchmakers. What are your thoughts on thoughts on that? I got. I don't want to toot my horn, but like I just met with the cannabis matchmaker in Marina Del Rey. She's got nine clients. She came out to be me. There's matchmakers in the city in Beverly Hills two years ago. Their sisters, their mother gave them a bunch of money after watching the show. They came to be me. There's a bunch in San Francisco. Erica, my vice president, we just opened up in San Francisco, but we're the legit millionaires club. And then we have Sync, which is our millennial division for, you know, 10 grand and under. There's a lot of people, but there's enough of us to go around. The problem is, what are you getting? Are you third generation like us? No. Did you get a matchmaker certificate from the Matchmakers Institute in New York, which is the only matchmaking certification in the world? It is the Harvard uh, certification. No. So you must check online. You must see, do they have lawsuits? Now, you guys are tech savvy, so you can either do this or you can go through Spokio, which is one of our partners. Uh, you can find out, do they have criminal records? Has there been any sexual harassment going on? We know in a time of Me Too, we must check everything. Uh, you know, they could be sex offenders. We don't know. And on top of it, are they giving you the people that you saw pictures of? And if you get a match record that doesn't show you any pictures, they don't really have a database. They're lying. Oh, trust me, I know. No, you don't. You're not a mind reader. So you're not me. You don't have hundreds of years. I mean, I've been in business for over 35 years. We are international. You don't have a large database. And if I can't find you the person, then I'll give you to another matchmaker who can. Because we do have niche matchmakers in an affiliate program, such as like Orthodox Jews or Filipinos or whatever you're looking for. I'm going to find you somebody who can help you if I can. And we spread the wall. So when you pop up, how many years have you been in business? How many matches have you had? Who are your referrals? Just like any other business. When you do that with a lawyer and a doctor, don't you do that? When you're getting a lawyer, I want to hear two referrals. Absolutely. I think, you know, one thing that, you know, listeners and, and people who are curious about these services will want to know, what is the business model? How does this even work? Well, okay. So most matchmakers, first of all, don't go to the model where they give you 12 matches a year, once a month. You'll never date. So you've got apps problems. So we've got Tinder um, we've got Sean's app. We've got Whitney's app at Bumble. Women make the first move. We've got Hinge happen. There's a million of them. There's Farmers Are Only is kicking ass right now. Um, and we're going to have Facebook now. So Mark's going to really kick some butt there. And the model is if you're doing app dating, you're, you're dating on the subway. You don't know what you're getting. You have to screen these people. You've got to get their last name. And the reason is is because you don't know who you're dating. Now, when you go to a dating service or a matchmaking service, we screen 99% of the time, but the 10% we don't. You can get a private investigator. You can go on Spokio or Intellis, and you can background check them to a degree. We can tell you if they have a record, but we can't tell you how much money they have in the bank because nobody can do that. That's illegal. And remember, anyone can make a story up. Anyone can make a fake Instagram. So you got to use your common sense. I want you to use Lyft. I'm a big fan of Lyft. I use Lyft Black all day long. I like knowing that that car is going to pull up to the front. I'm going to jump right in. I'm not going to walk through a back alley to get my car. 
All right. You know, one thing that strikes me as interesting, and people don't often think about the dark side of, of dating right. and matchmaking. Actually, I'm actually producing a show on the dark side of dating right now. Hopefully it'll get picked up. You know, matches made in hell are awful. But the good news is we have more people we can meet than we've ever met before. So think of the possibilities, people you wouldn't meet ever. So you're stuck as a programmer, you're programming away, and, you know, you're miserable. You're programming. You're meeting Hoodie City. And these girls, you know, they won't even put on makeup and eyeliner. And I want to redo them, and I want to redo the men. I want to bring this sexy Mexi back to Silicon. But you're miserable. What if I told you your girl was just over the hill in San Francisco? Wouldn't it be amazing? Do you think that that's really changeable and as, as, as someone who's been right, here? But nobody wants to drive. Nobody wants to take that freaking hour into the city. I can't get my Silicon to go to SF, and I can't get my SF to go to freaking, you know, Walnut Creek. Why is that? It's yeah, people, people don't like going anywhere here. Facebook doesn't want to date a freaking Oracle. Like, what is this? What is this problem we're having? God is giving you somebody at a different coffee shop and you refuse to go, or a different soul cycle. So the thing I'm trying to tell you is you got to mix it up. But if you get a matchmaker, she's doing the brokering. So she's literally your real estate broker. She's your lawyer. She's your doctor. She's your therapist. She's your concierge. She's your matchmaker concierge. So she's doing all of this for you. So she should be hands-on giving you unlimited dating for a year, and they usually give you two months of freeze time. So in case you travel or you hook up and you really like this person and you want to see where it goes, like a gym. You don't use it, you lose it, though. And you're paying one flat fee up front, okay? We don't usually take credit cards. We get our money up front. You want to get some references. That's a really good thing to do. I got married. I'm in a relationship. Don't count on the marriage thing anymore. People are living together, and they don't care. Most people don't want to get married, especially in the state of California, which is 50-50 no fault. So people are just pooling our resources together because women now are making just as much money as men. Uh, except in Silicon, where it's 80 was it, Are you like 80% male now? Is What's going it's on pretty, there? It's pretty, it's pretty uh, uh, male-dominated. Male dominated. That's, That's a common... We need those women programmers. Get your butts there. Seriously. These men are going to die in the vine. Okay? I'm going to have to bring my women there because I love Silicon, your matchmaker. She should be picking up her phone, texting you back, calling you, and always being available. And she should be able to negotiate. If you want to sound off, you like two girls or two guys at the same time and you don't know which one to pick, she can get rid of a negative relationship. You don't have to break up with the person. She can break up for you. Patty, Patty, I'm really interested in the quirks and specifics since, you know, as you know, we're primarily Silicon Valley audience. Some of the quirks that come with working with clients here, one thing that we hear a lot of is, you know, open relationships and polyamory are more prevalent in the Silicon Valley than elsewhere. Is that true? The poly, I love polyamory. Wait a second, you're telling me, is it because there's not enough girls? I have no idea. I was, I, I am definitely not an expert on the subject. What are some of the quirks though that come with, you know, working with Silicon Valley people? Well, we don't get into the sexual thing. We're, we're a relationship-minded agency. So we, you're, you have to be 21 or over. Um, if you go to a swingers club and I get complaints or you do any polyamory shit and, you know, it's one of those things where I'm in trouble because you're in trouble, you're going to get kicked out. I can I can kick you out for violation of two drink, you know, go past the two drink maximum and no sex before monogamy and I could really kick your ass out. But I'm loose and goose when it comes to your, you're 30 and under and you're just, you know, experimenting. You get over 30 and you want to get married, I'm a little tightly wound, you know, like the show. But the thing that I don't get is, like, why give it away for free? Why not take your time to get to know someone? You know, some of these 
organizations that you belong to in the internet community as well as your you know the institution you work for i mean it's like being on campus you're programming all day long you got pods and showers and you can pretty much sleep there so take your time to get to know someone you might meet someone in a different department at work no one talks about that dating aspect you know we talking about dating at work is like forbidden forbidden since weinstein it isn't it's not going away we did studies on it about three months after he got caught and no one stopped dating because of it. They're like, yeah, yeah, that was him. This is us. That's a really interesting bit of information, actually. Would you say that Silicon Valley people are more socially awkward as the, as the common trope is? Yes. We have a really good friend that works at Facebook. She will go nameless. And I wanted her to go up and find it about who booked Meryl Streep. And she was so internal. And I said, what is wrong with you? And she goes, I'm just so internal. I'm afraid to speak up. And there is this social awkwardness even... Even for, like, the minorest thing. And I said, you people just don't speak. You only know how to correspond with your fingers. Do you guys watch Black Mirror, Kill the DJ? Of course. So it's kind of like you need a coach. You need me to tell you what to do. And I'm kicking her butt every day. She's a dataholic on these apps, and she's dropped it gorgeous. And um, she's an internal. It's just because you're more internal because your mind is, pro- you know, you're using a different side of the brain. How would you fix that? I mean, so you have some clients you're working on, uh, you're working with them to fix this, but is there a solution to this or are we down the path of no return? Uh, my competitors are listening, so I can't give all my tricks to the trade. I studied a lot of scientific stuff. We actually go to Harvard once a year and we study with them. There is EMDR, one of my friends does that, there's biofeedback, but I do scientific processes that I don't show you all in the show where I train your brain to think a different way. It's called the alpha-beta process, and I train you to be alpha. Men become alpha and women become beta, but I teach them to speak and communicate in a different manner than they would at work. Interesting. It's basically they're getting their needs met, but it's a process that I learned from a long, long time ago, and actually my grandmother taught it to me. It's a secret recipe. And so I teach you how to get your needs met without being offensive, without yelling and screaming, and without hurting you or the other person. And the other person actually responds to it. It's very sexy because the woman is sexy and the man feels masculine. I know you probably can't disclose this, uh, or maybe you can to a small extent, but can you tell us who you're working with here? And are you working with some high-profile Silicon Valley? I'm not working with anyone in Silicon Valley that I could disclose because I would be murdered in my sleep, probably by the biggest Silicon Valley person now. But we're working with big, high-profile people um, that you would know that own companies. But we really want to get more on the ground level. But we want your programmer people. We want the people that are really slaving away at the machines that go, I'm home, and I'm opening my tuna fish with my cat. I want those guys. I want the hackers. I want the guys that, you know, I wanted those guys that started Apple and started, you know, Microsoft and really worked in their slaved away in their pods and said, I want to create the next best thing because those guys don't get laid. And is that the reason why? Because it, it actually doesn't seem like they're enjoyable to work with, meaning we're antisocial. We uh, like keeping to ourselves. Not. I've talked to a lot of you guys. You're really, you're brilliant. And by the way, you're just one step away from the billion dollar check. Now, how do we know this? Let's talk about Marcus. So Marcus invented plenty of fish back in the day. He was the ultimate nerd. Look him up, Google him. And he worked in the basement of, I think, his grandmother's house, don't quote me on that, in Canada, because all those apps are made in Canada. Oh, God, oh, Molly, oh, gee. And, oh, my God, you couldn't even talk to him on the phone, talk about nerds. 
And he said to me, Patty, oh, gee, so you met your boyfriend on, on my app. And so he paid me a few bucks, and I went to GMA, and I blew him the F up. And Nashua Khan bought him for, I think, $456 million, and now he's riding high. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. I'm familiar with that uh, Plenty yeah, of Fish story. Really Look, Sean, I love you, but you were not the hottest guy in the street. He was a nerd who made Tinder. Most of the people that made the dating apps were nerds and couldn't get arrested. You know that. People at Spark Networks, oh, my God, when I worked at J-Date, I don't even want to tell you what the nerds. Nerds were like, it was pocket protector city. Then they make money, and all of a sudden they're in like a, a Zenia suit and Bruno Mali shoes. Clothes make the man, honey. I can make anyone hot. And a lot of you got yoga bodies, those long, lean bodies with a yoga pop on the arms. We'll put you into CrossFit. You'll be fine. Let's just let's just have a, a fun little exercise here. And by the way, with the understanding that these people are are not clients for whatever reason or another, I'm going to name a prominent Silicon Valley personality. Oh my God, you're going to kill me. Okay, and, and you okay. tell me who you would match the person with. I mean, it's just just for fun. Oh, okay, go, 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 okay, go. Elon Musk. Um, Lisa, my one of my friends. Okay, what okay. about uh, let's just to say hypothetically, Mark Zuckerberg were single. Who would you pair him with? He likes Asian, though. That's, like, tough. Who's Asian? Is oh, Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn. There you go. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, let's let's just do two two more for fun. Cheryl Sandberg. Uh, Cheryl. Ooh, tough one, tough one. Okay, um, who are in the 50s and single? Who's good in single? Who's Because I don't have a... I mean, this is really hard to do when I don't know who's single right now in the celebrity world. Is Liam Neeson single? Because I'd give her Liam Neeson. That's a good one. I, I like that match, actually. That's really quite good. You you can tell you've been doing this for a while. Actually, am I a matchmaker? Is that what I do for a living? Okay, go on. <laughs> okay, and, you know, a c- couple of other things that we do. We, we like to ask our guests who their favorite Twitter follows are. So who are you following on social media, Instagram or Twitter? Okay, can I do Instagram or should I do Twitter? Either, either one. Who do you like to follow? I follow Elon's brother, who I'm upset got married a couple weeks ago because I wanted him so bad. He's doing, like, all this green food things in Colorado. He's really hot, though. Super hot. Um, just so you know. I follow a lot of fashion. I'm a fashion hot. Like, like Jonathan Simca. I'm, like, one of those people, like, is obsessed with all fashion stuff. So if you look at my thing, I'm following a million fashion bloggers. Okay, I follow a lot of celebrities like Barbara Streisand. I follow all the housewives. I follow everybody from Bravo that pretty much is like anyone who's anyone. You know, a lot of spiritual stuff like Gabby Bernstein, all the people who are like on Hay House. So you've, you've got a wide variety of interests. There's no question about yeah, that. I'm like, well, I'm very metaphysical. Vegan news. I love the vegan stuff. I'm also like obsessed with vegan stuff because I'm always trying to make something that's not something into something. Leia Remini, because I got to get my Scientology crazy magic cult report update. <laughs> you know, I guess I, I guess mostly celebrities. Steve Harvey. I don't know. Those are, those know. are some good ones. I'll tell you what. We want to close with one question, which is: You've talked a lot about this Silicon Valley engineer in the hoodie, and yeah. you know yeah. that's your, what is one bit of advice you have somebody who's heads down programming right now is not getting laid and eventually wants to get out of his shell. If you had to give that person one piece of advice right now, what would it be? Well, for the girl, I'd wear a little bit of lace and low cut and take the hoodie off. And lip gloss goes a long way, as my mother would say. So you want to put lip gloss, little lacy bra or a little lacy, you know, you're, little, you're wearing your like long sleeve shirt. It's cold inside because of the air conditioning, right? So you put a little lacy bra. Let it just slip out a little as you're going to pour the coffee, right? Still get your jeans and your T-shirt on and 
you know, your little vans. We know you're going to be comfortable, but do you have to zip yourself up to the sky? And for the guys, turn the temperature a little up so that they undress the girls. Like, duh. Seriously, you're going to make it too cold. They're going to bring their parkas in. Yeah. So they go, my God, it's so hot in here. And they start taking their layers off. Patty, this is absolute pleasure. And so wait, can I, can I give a shout out to my website? So you guys, if you want to join Millionaire's Club, all you got to go to is millionairesclub123.com. If you want to hire us, email us. We'd love to come out. We'd love to make a boot camp seminar or speak for you because we love you, Silicon. We really do. Patty, you were wonderful and as advertised. Thank you so much for your time, Patty. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sunil, thanks for taking that one solo. That was a pretty intense conversation. You know, uh, intense conversation, but she is an engaging, engaging guest. Yeah, there are a handful of lines that came out of that discussion that um, I don't think I'm going to forget. No, they're very, very tweetable. But, uh, you know, we're not done. Let's get ready for more. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley. If you liked today's podcast and you like Sunil, like I like Sunil, please go to any of the app stores where you found our podcast and rate us five stars. We'd appreciate it.